This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Um, in a certain sense, we finished one big portion of the topics we were speaking about, which was the basis for Amuna and so on. Um, we now would turn to the list of questions that I had and try to address them. The questions do seem to be drawn at random. Um, I've tried to organize them, I guess, into subtopics. And I would say the subtopics are as follows. One is, how, does, how do you define a person's avoda on a personal level? What are humris? What are not humris? Why is the Torah so strict? And why do they emphasize Gemara and yeshivas, etc., etc.? And that would be one category. A second category would be, a person who's left the yeshiva, does that, I mean, do we just, are we meant to take the package the way we got it in yeshiva and just keep it on in the outside world? There seem to be a lot of issues with that. And in more than anything else, there seems to be um, simply the sense that according to yeshiva understanding, what you're now doing is meaningless and for 90% of the time. And, and in, it's very hard to take the package when, when the core of the package itself seems to be axiomoronic. Being over the Hashem when 90% of the time you're a lawyer doesn't seem to be quite um, what's, uh, it, you know, it, it, what the message in Shiva is, and let alone a lot of other <coughs> issues that come along with it. <coughs> a, third, a third issue that seems to predominate a lot of questions is our interaction with the outside world. We're now faced for the first time really with interacting with secular people, with women, with Goyim, and all sorts of different people, and uh, how do we understand that interaction, what's our perspective, etc. I think those are three broad topics that sort of include almost all the questions. Let's start, I guess, with the first one, and um, I think the best place is also to lay down a certain foundation before we even to get an understanding of what the yeshiva does. What is the purpose of a person in this world? We've, um, we believe HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave everybody neshama, the neshama in the loosest sense of the word is something that um, that has a penchant for doing the good, the right, the divine, etc. Put it into a body which has its own mechanisms, dumped it into this world, tachlis, what's the tachlis of this? Um, why did God create man, which is really a question of why did God create the world? Um, this question has different answers, um, really th- they are kind of, you know, what does an elephant look like to six blind men? It's putting together the entire package, but it really depends on what's the angle you're looking at. The answers, uh, um, I'll list two, three, four different answers, but they're really f- two, three, four different aspects of an answer, and it's important to get a sense of it, because whatever we're going to s- Whenever we're going to deal with specifics, we obviously need to know the general picture first. Um, so when we ask the question, why did God create the world and men, when we talk about the world, we mean man specifically because our understanding is the entire world is a pyramid, man is on top, and these are tools for men. So the first thing is just to define the question in a way that it can be asked. Um, when we ask why, there are two ways of describing why. Um, in, in, the old, in the old Ivrit, 
there was lama and madua. For instance, if I ask somebody, if I ask why is this person inviting me for dinner, and the answer is in order to solicit an invitation, uh, a donation for his very worthy institution, so the, the question why was towards what purpose? And the answer is towards the purpose of soliciting a donation um, or soliciting an investment for his businesses. If I ask why is this person so gung-ho about making money, what I'm asking is what psychological impulse is driving this person's greed? So the question why on an action has um, really two nuances. It's either for what, towards what, or from what, and, you know, where's it coming from? The first question of towards what needs to be asked about God's work because that's going to be the guiding light to put everything together. Um, there's a tachlis to the Bria is an extremely fundamental part of our amuna in the sense that Hashem, in as much as he expressed Chachma, means everything has a tachlis, and of all of the myriad activities in the world, they are come together at a focal point. That's the tachlis of Wachash Barakei, the world, and that's a question that not only may we ask, it is a question that is most obligatory to ask, because that's the Yisod B'Shor Shavoda. The question of well, if a person does something, means he has a need for it, means that he's lacking something, so what's the psychological lack or need is an invalid question towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Um, we posit that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not have needs, he's not lacking, and therefore um, that question does not fall under the range of questions that we can deal with. And once more, for the people that are um, weird, that find it difficult, to live in a world that there are things that we cannot answer or we cannot ask in a sense. Anyone who's familiar with physics today at the lower levels, at the micro level, the quantum level, knows there are many things that that's the way it is. And why do certain particles cluster together? Why do certain particles distribute evenly? Those are, those, that's it. This is the Matthias and we work with it. It's frustrating, yes. But we always, but always bear in mind that the mind is limited. And just like when a little kid asks you a thing that's an adult topic, and there's no way he can understand it, you tell him, my kid, you're very bright, you do multiplication addition like a 15-year-old, but you're a five-year-old, and there are things your mind cannot understand. And whatever I'll explain to you, it's not going to work. In 10 years from now, come around, it'll work. So we need to live with that limitation. Our questions are not what forced God, what made God, what need God has, because those have been positive as being invalid, but rather to what, towards what. So there are a few answers, and they're not contradictory, because really they are subtle, different perspectives. The answer most commonly um, written is Lehetiv Linevrov. Kaddish Baruch Hu created a world in order to bring good to the Nebraim. That answer is most common. Um, <coughs> the, n- the answer that's given, m- I guess, in in Sfarim with an Antia for Kabbalah, even though both are given, but there's another answer that comes across. 
and that is HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to reveal his infiniteness even within the domain of a finite world um, that is a, um, an, another answer just like uh, let's give just a, a muscle what kind of muscle fit um, if somebody asks you um, what is um, if a person asks you what are the prime numbers I would need to keep sit and keep writing from today forever assuming that there are an infinite amount of prime numbers I can do something else I can give you a formula and um, and and then the formula is very finite but it has in itself the key for an infinite amount of numbers if if uh, you know and and so a formula is a finite entity that has a limitless and infinite amount of um, of, of the impossible answers so Akadosh Baruch Hu, in the, the context of what's happening in the world the purpose of the world is for Akadosh Baruch Hu to be Megala Elokus within confines of material finite etc world um, they're not they're not at all exclusive the answers one is dealing with the issue of why control couldn't just be made to stem they're really dealing if, if you think about it they're dealing with different nuances of the question I, I, um, I will because it'll I think it'll help us with our structure I will be noted towards the second um, answer in other words the big picture is a Kurdish Baruch who wanted to express a locus or infinity through Homer or finite or nanolocus, etc., etc. Let, let's take it a little bit out of a mystical realm, and let's and let's talk and let's talk about it in um, in in, in uh, something we can actually we can actually relate to. <coughs> if I if I'm if I'm a person who has no interest whatsoever in diamonds. Some might think, I don't care for them, I don't like them, they don't mean anything for me. And I got a diamond gift from somebody. I, I can't sell it for whatever reason, it's past or whatever it is. I'm very happy to give it to somebody as a gift. I really, I don't care for diamonds, they don't mean anything to me, I don't wear them, I can't sell it and cash them, something I really do want. So giving it as a gift to somebody is, means very little. If I like diamonds and I treasure them, it really, really means a lot to me and I take it and give it as a gift to somebody so I've expressed my goodness my good-heartedness through using a tool of a selfish person um, let's say a person has no type for women he's very old or whatever and he does not do anything improper with an ish well doesn't mean anything really but then you have a person who is a lot of, lot of taiva and the sense of propriety and the sense of constitution, the sense of uh, self-discipline, whatever it is, it does not refrains and rest restrains him from doing anything inappropriate. Then we have a revelation of the divine through the non-divine. Here we have a person's flesh and blood, and he, in that flesh and blood, serves as a vehicle for something greater than itself. So it means the Giluyim of Akarish Baruch Hu, 
of Akashbar is being kadosh doesn't come through a mala who's all fire and is not shy to the world of taiva and you just see purity you, you see a flesh and blood Yosef HaTzadik who is the prime of his youth the, the paradigm of beauty um, it, completely um, non-threatening situation if he does the Avera um, no social embarrassment nothing and what stops him and what shapes his actions is a higher sense so that's that is what um, is meant by revealing a Baruch Hu through um, a physical world. So Elokus and the ideals and the values of what we call Elokus needed to express themselves in this world. Which means that a Baruch Hu put us into a contra-divine world, either passively or actively, the world and its natural setting is a far cry from what Alakus is, and the tachlis of a person was to bring out Alakus in this world. That is a way to describe the entire package, I think in a way that will be very helpful for us as we, um, <coughs> as we go along. Another, a corollary of it being the tachlis is as follows. <coughs> um, We've mentioned before, uh, and we spoke about it from... The, yes? What's the difference between human decision showing um, bringing Elokus in this world and Hashem doing it through Nisim, such as Kriyas Yamsus? That wasn't... There was no human decision necessarily. So, so Hashem doing it through a nace is a step lower than a person willingly doing it. Um, it's, it's just like, let's take a different example. If I'm a teacher, and I take a Talmud who's got, um, who's like a goody-goody kid, and he does, he does everything he's told, my influence on him is nice, um, but it's not noteworthy, it doesn't say anything. If I take a kid who's rambunctious and mischievous and doesn't really listen easily, and I was not be on him, and he still stops from doing something, or he does something he's supposed to do, that's a very powerful display. A nice for a thinking person, is not as powerful as a as a balbechira making the decision based on cognizance. So a nace is only there as a temporary for for temporary reasons, as we'll see. It's not there as as for real tachlis. We once spoke about Hamakadosh Baruch as being echad and and the significance of what's the difference between a goddess one, two, three, a committee, or whatever. The, um, so, so there is a, an Amuna aspect to it, where the Ramam speaks about uh, corporality and the unity being <coughs> corollaries of each other. I want to speak of practical applications. Um, if, there is, if there are many different, for instance, if a person goes to university, there's no way to say um, choosing medicine is better than choosing law is better than choosing uh, arts. Uh, there's no way of saying you need to take only art courses, you need to take only these courses. The, 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 the university has many goals. The, the common nominator is education, but, but each and every one of them is fine, and you can mix and match and choose and have many goals. Um, I can't go to a person in this world, I can, if I come to a person and say, do you think people should be good? And the guy says, yeah. He says, so why do you spend your time doing other things? Well, the person will look at me and say, well, I'm a good person also. I'm a good person, and I like basketball, and I like 
hanging about a bit and so on. There's no, there's no reason why a, why a good person needs to be 100% of the time good. It doesn't make any sense. But let's say um, I'm a business consultant. I s and there's a business and it's not going so well or it's going well and they're trying to improve it. I sit down with, this, with, with the CEO and I say, okay, let's go through this. Why do we have a division whose job is to do X? If the person cannot describe how it helps the goal of the business, the job of this business is to produce um, cars. If the, um, if, the, if the CEO tells me that he spent a million dollars building park benches for people because it's a nice thing to do, I'll tell him, no, it's a nice thing to do for you, but the business has one goal. The person might say, well, it makes a lot of PR for the company and that helps sales, then it's fine. Then it, but in a business setting, there's one goal. The goal is to make profit. And every single penny spent has to be explainable. Even the IRS will recognize it. If, if there are expenses in the business that don't lead to profits, they're highly questionable. Um, my wife once worked many, many years ago as a bookkeeper. Um, if she worked for an accountant, and she did the books. She did books of, an, of a very prestigious architectural firm uh, in Israel. But um, you know, it was uh, like everybody else. Everybody tried to do a little cheating of and so on, and people would do shopping on Friday um, on the uh, corporate account with the expectation it will come off the corporate bottom line and uh, you know, there will be less taxes to be paid and so on, instead of being taxed twice as salary and corporate income, it's just gone. And, um, and, and for the life of her, she was trying to fit in gefilte fish under an architectural firm's a business uh, enterprise, and she was having a very tough time. You know, how do you, how do you put in, you know, hamin for Shabbat and get full to fish? It doesn't doesn't work. It it's got to have one tachlis, and we understand it very own business. Um, when you come for a business meeting and a guy sits down to tell some stories, you can say, okay, he's softening us up, he's putting us in a different mood, he's hinting at something. He's not. It's not story time. So Akharish Baruch created the world with a tachlis, which means that everything is geared for that. A, it means all the pieces in the world have meaning in that sense. It means that the person himself um, is obligated to only one thing, that's one tachlis, to be megalolikus in a, in a world that is, um, that is physical in every way possible. It means that we're holding account that the bits and pieces missing from it. It's a very, very, very tough mission. Before we go further, I, still, I, I, I don't want to explain it. It does not in any sense mean that people um, shouldn't take it easy, shouldn't breathe, and so on. Um, part, of, part of taking good care of machinery is oiling it, giving it rest, and so on. If you want a person to last, there are many, many needs that are genuine needs, and, and that's a good business sense. It's good business sense to take off some time. It's good business sense to lay on the beach good business time to spend time with this and that, but at the end of the day, it has one justification. Um, the Rambam in Shmona Prokhim has, in one of the most powerful pieces, he uh, says that the, 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 the peace, in the, 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 the memory in particular of this, that he finds the most powerful is the Chol Masechim Shemayim, and it is fitting for a tana like that to have said such a profound remark. 
And basically what he says is, what he means to say is, you construct a lattice of all of the activities of a person and ask the head towards one goal. It includes a million activities with a lot of different steps, but at the end of the day, the, it has to lead to a certain goal. So the goal is to be megala elokus within a physical framework. Um, that's the, the way the world was created. That's the, the, in, the, in the macro picture, and it's the picture for every individual. Um, which means also that our attitude towards life is going to have to be very businesslike. And let me explain the difference between two attitudes. Both might be orthodox, but very, very dissimilar built on this point. Um, let, let, let me use a chazal and explain a chazal this. It says, so Chazal Darshan Melamed that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is mekomos al olam ve'ena olam mekomos al Kaddish Baruch Hu. A very very mystical Chazal. The Shachaim speaks about it. These Meramis are big things with all sorts of things. We 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 can put it in words that are very meaningful for us. And let's take a, and, and let's understand it. Makomo means the outermost structure of something. For instance, the, when a rock falls down at a certain speed, the playing field is the law of gravity, and the rock is an example of it. Events that happen in our world, the playing field are the laws of gravity, and this is part of it. Um, let's take a look at another thing. If most people's attitude would be as follows. Your country, its laws, its citizens, its needs, is the big picture. Arts and culture are um, functions within a society and have a very important place within that society. There are some people um, call them leftists, call them universalists, call them whatever you want, they have a very different attitude. Uh, art, music, humanitarianism is the big picture. Countries are small, um, small pieces of a bigger picture. Yes, um, you know, everybody's got to live in a place, so just like a county is kind of fairly insignificant, <laughs> countries are insignificant, and if it's a question of betraying, quote-unquote, your country, but you feel the greater needs of art and music and so on and so forth are greater than that, that's the playing field, and um, the country is, is, a, um, is just simply a unit. It's a convenience thing, and that is important, which theater is playing it. And most people would not feel that way, but, but there are people that feel that way, and I'm just, I'm just using this as an example. Let's take it to religion. <coughs> there is an attitude, life is a big place. There is, there are, are jobs, careers, society, culture, arts, sciences, so on and so forth. And religion is a very important piece of life. Um, it's very important that a person has religious anchors and religious tribes and so on and so forth. But it's a piece of life. It's under the, it's a subdivision of the great universe we call life. 
<coughs> and and that's that's your attitude. In which case, if let's say for instance religion decides to throw in some isurim that basically make culture impossible in the sense we have it, well, it's it's not possible that religion could crowd out culture. So either we'll we'll kind of answer religion in a different way, we'll reinterpret it, we'll, um, you know, we'll sort of uh, somehow skip over that part of whatever it is. Um, that's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it, the entire world is Malchus Shemayim. That's what life's about. That's what life is. Within that playing field, there are jobs, secular jobs, careers, uh, culture, music, art, people. But it's all on the playing field of expressing the divine. And if there's any conflict, well, obviously, it, it, I mean, that particular piece is just not part of it. That's all. Or, or it's not going to be part of it now, and so on. <coughs> that is a crux of a big difference between attitudes. If, if, you, if your attitude is religion is one of many important human functions, you can never ever have a situation where there's a conflict that something else will really give way. Maybe temporarily, maybe in certain cases, but it's unthinkable. Um, just like, there, for instance, in, 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 in Allah itself, you have all sorts of essays being built, Holosa essays, and you have all sorts of, um, you know, Eifasus Lashem and Horasha. The one thing that's immutable is Avodazara. A Navi cannot come and do Horasha and Avodazara. There's no Eifasus Hashem and do Avodazara. There's no Sidochlosit to Avodazara. The reason is very simple. Avodazara is the religion, and everything else is within the religion. So you might be Docha Shabbos because of 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 of, of or you know Yom Hashmini, or because Pikuach Nefesh, or whatever. That's not a problem because Shabbos is a piece, and that's a piece, and so on. But Avodazara is the religion. Emuna is the religion. And then there are no ways to be docha that because by definition you you are chopping down the platform upon which everything else is sitting. So our understanding of life, what is the crux? What is life? Really creates a, a tremendous platform for issues or uh, not issues. Um, it is, um, and, and for a lot of people, subtly, a lot of people have those nationals that really make life difficult is, is, is predicated on this. I, I want to give an example. Um, I, I want to give an example of the difference where the attitude makes a difference in nationals in life. Um, let's take an example. Again, I'll try to, I'll, I'm going to be a little blunt. Um, in, in, the, in the world around us, the culture of eating is extremely important. Um, it's important because it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pleasure. Next to Arias, it's the most powerful pleasure we have. It's all around us. We, we live in a culture where, you know, you walk in the street and there are thousands of restaurants. You read about, you know, wh whenever, whenever I read a, a very enticing travel publication, and go to country X, it's beautiful scenery, and the restaurants are great. And you can try this food, this food, that food, the other food, and, you know, restaurants are right up there as being, you know, you're part of the world if you taste 
Mexican food and, and Chinese food and Japanese food and Indonesian food and that's really that makes you part of the world that's where you meet people and so on the Torah comes along and puts down his surah and Rabbanan add more surah and so on and so forth now <coughs> what's my problem so there is a particular type of problem f- for all of us it's very you go on a business trip and you have to live on matzah and tuna fish for five days when everybody else is living on Kaldavas or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's frustrating because, you know, matzah and tuna fish do all the respect has its limitations and five days is, is sort of gets to the limit. Um, so that, that's, that's the answer that everybody has. And same thing with women. Um, flirting with women and so on. It's a, it's a pleasure and everyone has the potential of that pleasure and um, when you not you denied the pleasure, it's frustrating. That is, 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 a, is a physical type of frustration that's universal. Um, but there's another part to it. I'm not living life to its fullest extent. I mean, people have such a rich life here that they have thousands of restaurants to choose from and we're stuck between Ben Yehuda and Max's. Those are the, for those of you who are not in Washington. The, those are the two, um, and th- that's it. Th- th- no, no life. I, I don't have life, uh, um, you know. So it's it, that pain is a lot more deep than the pain of um, the particular meal that I want to eat. I, I feel that that everyone else has such a rich. Uh, in, 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 everyone else has a screen with sixteen thousand colors. And I'm black and white, and, and, and it's a whole different world. And same thing with socializing. Everybody else has a very fulfilling life because we're free people today and, and, and interacting with, with, with males and females of all stripes and colors is, is life. And I'm stuck. I, I have boundaries. I, I'm a lot more frustrated than just a particular taiva. I'm not living life. And, and I'm being shorn of any type. If somebody comes along with a coal, coal issue problem. So one problem is I happen to like this particular singer, and she's a woman, and I miss that. That's one particular part of it. The other particular part of it is, hey, no opera, no musicals, no plays, no movies, um, no life. And, and, and that is a much, much, much more difficult problem because... Yes, built on the on the on the psychological axioms that your mindset is built on, that is absolutely right. Abba Berman said, "I once told somebody, um, from your perspective, you're absolutely right, but your perspective is wrong." It, 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 understanding Hashem Echad means there's one thing here. It's like when you walk into a plant, into a factory, and as nice as you're making everything, ideally. Um, reality-wise, there should be only one thought. How do I maximize profit? If painting it nicely will help people work, paint it nicely. If it's not going to add production, don't. My home, I paint nicely because my home has a different set of bottom line. My home, the bottom line is enjoyment. Factory, the bottom line is productivity. And I need, what chair shall I buy um, to work with? Not the most comfortable chair, the most productive chair. And, then, and, if, and if, a, if a simple plastic chair is most productive, it's going to be that. What chair should I bring, should I have at home? The most comfortable chair, the most enjoyable chair. So, so the basic emuna 
in a very powerful way has to be that the world has one tachlis. The tachlis is to bring out ruchness in this world, and we shape everything around that tachlis. That, I think, is a very, very important aleph. It, it, and then I, we're going to need to speak more specifically about how does that happen, and so on and so forth. But without that platform, we are, um, we're not going to get it. Yes, Pernas? Just to understand, really speaking about this in terms of Imuna. So is, is, this something, is this something that, um, I mean, I know, the, is this something that is, uh, this is Chazal telling us that this is Tachlis Tabir, or is this something in, 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 in the Torah, or is this just something that we have as Imuna? Um, all of the above. It's, it's something, if you take a safe like Mesut Sharm, where he starts off, Mesut Sharm says, I will teach you now the ladder of ascent, the ladder of growth. But before I talk about the ladder, there's one chapter called Chavos Arim What's the platform that the ladder rests on? And he brings Chazal. It's one of those things that is so obvious that... Um, are it's almost you know it, it's like you you tend that it's, and that's the point Mr. Sharon makes he brings uh, a, a lot of Chazal to support this point and uh, it, the whole sense of things and uh, and so on the the sense of Dveikus Dveikus means completely ladovkabo um, completely um, bound to means there's nothing else other than that. And, and um, also the, the concept of Hashem Echad, I think that's the point of it. If God is one, the world has one purpose. Olam Domo Le Prozdor, you know, uh, it's, it's the Prozdor to the Traklin. I don't need to repeat it, you look at him, and he brings the Chazal. The, 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 thing, with, the thing is that these Chazal are so manifold, there's so many of them, that you just kind of, and you meant to just skip over it, because, yeah, of course, everybody knows this, you know, you're not telling me any, any Chiddush over here. So, um, but, and, and when Pivas asks, is this a moon and so on, let me explain um, a, an important point here. Sometimes we have a problem intellectually with something. Is this true? Is this not true? Sometimes we have a problem emotionally with something. Um, it's an emotional transition to move yourself over from uh, from having where your sense of self and life is the picture we gave. It's a very, very difficult one because in some sense you're crowding out anything else in terms of type and so on. I remember um, I, was in, I went to a school that was kind of had a very good Hebrew department, very good English department, very mixed... Um, messages, inputs, etc. Um, and we had a teacher who was a guy, I remember his name was Mr. saint Croix, and uh, he asked us once, he was not, uh, he wasn't provocative, he was actually a very positive person, but you know, once in a while we, we would get into conversation about religion and so on, and he asked, I don't understand, he says, if you're so intensely religious, why do you have such strong I have said material bent or success, like you guys are gung ho to ace the the the, the 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 SATs and the college admission and careers and so on. 
um, how come? Like just like he's Catholic, I believe, and he understands that a religious life is very monastic and so on. To which you know, so the boys weren't sure of the answer. This was my grade, I remember. And one boy, uh, uh, actually a thoughtful, smart kid, said, "We're taught that a person is supposed to have two goals in life: a spiritual and a material." Um, which, in a certain sense, was the sum total of the impressions we got from our teachers at Bain when we tried to put the picture together. Well, the the, the said you should be sitting and learning. The teachers said you should go to college, and it's okay if you go Shabbos to, to pray. That's not a problem. And you put the two together, and the message was that. And that's um, on a, on an emotional level, hefech of achdus of Hakadosh Baruch So it is a very difficult because it means giving up. Uh, in, uh, giving up a sense, uh, giving up our most basic physical need, because we want a world to enjoy, and it's just not here. But uh, it, I, I think that this is a very important episode for the next question that will come. And once we have this down, we can now ask ourselves more specifically, how does the Torah achieve the goals? Are there different approaches for different people? Is there a reason why yeshiva seem to have a very, very um, kind of one focus goal to detriment of other areas and so on, I, we, we, we'll, we'll deal with those issues as we go on.